Hey guys, welcome to TV with Friends. My name is Chelsea, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Evan. Hello. Yo. Happy quarantine to you. Happy quarantine to you. What day are you on? What is this? Uh, 16? Something, something like that? Over two weeks. Yeah. And we really... Yeah. Maybe I'm on day 21 too. Because I feel like we're the same. I don't know. I don't know if it's a track of time. And I feel like if I try to think of it, it's just going to make me upset. Because my unemployment checks aren't here yet. So. <laughs> and we hope everybody is out there staying healthy and staying safe and doing your part to just stay inside and get through the day. Um, so we wanted to basically kind of do what we were doing with our last episode. Um, we decided to take our five top favorite shows from a particular streaming network. So Evan is going to do Netflix and I'm going to do Hulu because I feel like everybody has those. Um, so we'll do those to start out with. And then I don't know, we can get into like HBO and stuff like that one day. But for right now, we know you're all on Hulu and Netflix. So we're going to give you five shows that if you haven't watched, we really think this is the best time to watch them. Totally. Totally. All right, Evan. Totally. Okay. So you were up first. We're going to start with Netflix. Netflix. And I kind of based mine on both quality and quantity. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went with, I've got one on our list that is a, an anthology series, a new one. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm going to start with my number five. Number five. Number five is going to be The Hundred. Which is kind of a post-apocalyptic thing, kind of uh, getting close to being something that we're going to possibly go through at some point if this shit doesn't end. Mm -hmm. Um, It started in March of 2014. It is kind of, it's pretty much based on, I believe it's based on a book, and it's set 97 years after a nuclear war takes place on Earth, which destroys Earth and makes it uninhabitable, and everybody heads up to space. Okay. And what they do to try to rebuild society is they send out all of the juvenile delinquents that have essentially been imprisoned um, <laughs> on their ship. <laughs> so, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, cast is um, Eliza Taylor, Bob Morley, Marie, I'm Pearl Polaos, whose last name I probably just completely Yeah, remember. there's some hard last names Marie on Mary. some of these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see how it's spelled. <laughs> um, and three very unknown people, but then two recognizable faces from the cast as well. Um, a character named Jawhawk is played by Isaiah Washington, which hmm. most notably that I can think off the top of my head was Grace and Abby, and Abby was played by Paige Turcos, who was um, the female lead in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies from the 80s. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So you've got five seasons worth of content on Netflix, so you can kind of 
you're picking up or, uh, you know, just get caught up. Whether it starts to air in May or not, we'll find out. Cool. So, we'll head into number four. Number four. Which, great show. Great, great show. Incredibly funny. Grace and Frankie. Interesting. Um, I have never, I've actually never seen Grace and Frankie. Oh, okay, so this is one for you then. Yes. Two. Checking my notes for some reason. Um, season six just came out uh, in January, so you've got six seasons full of content. And it's essentially about two older women who have been quote unquote friends for 20 something years and they go to dinner with their hus- with their husbands at, at, in the first episode, and the husbands decide to tell their wives that they have been romantically involved for X amount of time, and they're interested their wives to marry each other. But it's got an amazing cast. Oh yes, Frankie, Lily Tomlin, Grace, Jane Fonda, Damn. Uh, Saul, who is Frankie's husband, Sam Waterston, um, Robert, who's Grace's husband, Martin Sheen, and you kind of have sprinkled in throughout the six seasons of these really awesome, I hate to say older actors, um, Craig Nelson, um, there's some other people, great, 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 great cast. So, So actors who've been working in television for quite a while. Yeah, people that have been around that you've seen, you will recognize a lot of faces. That's a great cast. They all just kind of pop up and go, go into small roles, big roles. You know, you've got all of this just great, great comedy. Mm-hmm. What do they decide to do once their husbands leave them? They decide to move into a beach house that the two families owned together. Mm-hmm. And the wives are like, okay, no, we're taking this house. We're going to move into this place. And Frankie is this kind of out there hippie, just loves all of her sages and me. her incense yeah. and all of that stuff. I mean, Nicole, I wouldn't def- define you as crazy, but oh, okay. you look slightly crazier than you are. <laughs> um, uh, but they just... And, and Grace is this kind of like regimented businesswoman who is very well dressed, um, you know, suit, not tie, sometimes tie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her, and then Frankie's still this kind of uh, moo wearing, like I said, hippie. Yeah. So it's a very like a strange dichotomy between the two, but the two, over the course of the series, really become close friends and. They're all kind of going through these motions of changing your life at this this point in your life. Mm-hmm. The drastic changes that they have to go through. They're going through it together. They're going it together. Aww. And they, they do a great job. And, you know, if you leave it to uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda to do this. And they are so good together. I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even think of another set of older actresses that could have pulled this off the way that Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda pulled this off. That's really cool. I've heard nothing but good things, so that's going on my list for sure. 
cool. For Netflix. We're going to hit up this anthology series. It's a pretty brand new series within the last couple of years. The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. And I know you like this. I mm-hmm. know you like this a lot. Yes. Um, so it's a series essentially based on a family who has been kind of fractured by these events that they experienced when they moved into an old family home. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. It is. It's also based on so many other movies. Uh, it's based on a book, literally, to the title, The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. You also have A Haunting, which is a movie with Liam Neeson, Captain Peter Jones, Owen Wilson from, I think, 1999. Um, but it's a whole new take on it. And you have some great people in this cast as well. You've got Henry Thomas, Carly Gugino, which is my favorite one mm-hmm. out of the whole cast, uh, Timothy Hutton, and Annabeth Geesh, who most people usually recognize from X-Files. So mm-hmm. she's kind of in there, very kind of background for her, um, but she's a very informative character mm-hmm. throughout the series. And they're going to be transitioning to a different uh, kind of setting for the next one, which what? that's one part of research that I didn't do. Okay. It's but... the haunting of Bly Manor. Of Bly Manor. Huh. Okay, so they're going with just like a, is it a different family, like swap the cast kind of thing? I don't know if they're going to pull a swap of the cast. I don't know if they're, I think they're probably going to try to pull something off on the lines of American Horror Story, where they're going to utilize a lot of the cast from the previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, it is slated to be released this year, but again, with all the crazy shit that's going on right now, probably on we'll see a complete break for everything and we will see when it comes out yeah but again I checked out MDB this afternoon when I was making my notes and it's still slated at least the first two episodes are slated for 2020 okay we still have a lot of year left even though it feels like (laughs) it's been a long year wait what we still have a lot of the year left so it's I know it feels like the year has been Feels like it should be summer. Yeah. Yeah. I need eight ninety degrees and sunny every day. It's so a, yeah, that is a solid watch. I I know you and I really latched onto it pretty quick when it first came out, and it is scary. It is fucking scary. So just know that going it's, in. It's awesome. And if you can try to spot all of the ghosts, mm-hmm. and you you spot all of the ghosts, then you've got a killer eye. Yeah. Because I had to watch a YouTube video that was like the 40 ghosts that you didn't, and I didn't see three-fourths of them. I don't think so. I don't think I did either. I heard once that article came out that they had been hiding things in the background, um, just kind of like in the shadows or just misplaced things along the house. Um, I think I caught maybe one or two that I was like, whoa, that thing was just, that face was just standing there the whole time. Um, but I did not catch as many because it, when there's a scary scene, there's a lot going on. The house is so big and wherever they are, it's just, there's always something moving around. There's a lot of like action shots in it. Even if the camera's just going in a circle, um, you, you can't really, yeah, it's, that's what makes it so scary and stuff is because you're just like, oh, don't move around so fast. I'm not prepared for what's behind that corner. 
Yeah, when you actually do see them, it, especially when I watched them on, on the YouTube video, it was it, it really gives you chills. Like, oh, I'm not chills. Just now I'm scared. Because <laughs> you, you look at it and you watch this, like, the video on YouTube and you're just like, oh my god, that oh, that was sitting right behind it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. Um, great show, though. Worth a watch. Give it a shot. Number two, Number two is going to encompass a entire an entire universe of shows, the Arrowverse. Yes. So this has been a big thing for me. We all know I'm I'm kind of the more comic booky uh, centered individual out of the two of us. Yeah, you're the nerd. It's been it's been around a total nerd. I'll take that. <laughs> take that. It's been around since like since 2014. Started with Arrow, kind of moved into the Flash, and we got Supergirl, and we got Legend of Tomorrow, we got Batwoman, which is one of the newest ones, and then we got Black Lightning, which is one that I've actually not dived into mm-hmm. at this point because it's one of the, I mean, I hate to say it, less interesting or like too comic booky. Okay. When it comes to the Arrowverse, I love the Flash. I have a huge crush, huge crush on Grant Gustin. He is the most adorable man on the planet. <laughs> my husband, if he's here, if he can hear me. It's okay. Uh, but Stephen, Stephen Amell is Arrow. Uh, you've got Melissa Benoist as Supergirl. And then you've got a ton of, again, familiar faces. People whose names I don't know off the top of my head, but you will... Uh, Skylar Fisk uh, is one of the girls from Arrowverse, or not from Arrowverse, from Supergirl, and she plays her sister. Great when it comes to kind of including the LGBT community, particularly cool. Supergirl, because her her sister is a lesbian. And then when we got that woman within this last year, she kind of cameoed on their crossover from last year mm-hmm. and they always do these crossovers that that span an episode of each show so we finally got Batgirl and we got the first LGBTQ leading character in a series nice so that was awesome that came out of uh, Batwoman and it was it's very focal they make it a big point on focusing on she actually had a whole standalone episode where it was her kind of coming out episode. Full oh, coming out cool. Episode. So it was really, really cool to see that representation in a realm that the representation's been there before. Uh, X-Men has done it with, um, with Iceman, mm-hmm. and there's been a ton of other ones. So it's, it's great to see it represented on TV for that, for our community. And especially on a network like the C, because these originally air on the CW and then go to Netflix, but to yeah to see that like that it's on the CW, which is you know not mostly watched by young people, so <laughs> that's yeah. yeah that's cool that they're getting yeah, some representation as as teenagers and young adults. That was another subtle dig at me for watching teenage TV shows. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It's fine. We're not that old. We're going to head into number one. Mm. I'm excited. My number one pick for Netflix is Shit Creek. Fuck yeah. Which is an amazing show 
it is centered around a family, uh, Rick's family, who find themselves down and out. All of their stuff's been taken. It's kind of it's kind of a trope for a, a series like this or a movie, even anything where rich people and their accountants, the accountants kind of siphon off all their money yeah. and it broke. But with this one, uh, the the dad on the series, John Rose, happened to have bought a town as a joke for his son for one of his birthdays. So they ended up living in this just kind of dilapidated, ugly hotel in the middle of this town, and they really kind of get involved with the town, and they actually, you really see them grow over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things about the series is you have, again, an amazing cast, particularly when it comes to comedy. Oh, perf- it's, yeah. It's, I think it's like 15% to 25% unscripted comedy, it's just them all feeding off of one another, and you've got Eugene Levy, you've got Captain O'Hara, you've got Eugene Levy's son, Dan Levy, uh, Annie Murphy plays Alexis, who's the daughter. You've even got um, a gentleman named Noah Reed, who is an awesome musician on top of being a great actor. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, uh, I think, three or four seasons in, but he becomes kind of the love interest for... Uh, David Rose, Dan Levy's character. Nice. And again, this is a an LGBT kind of inclusive series, but it is so incredibly funny. If you don't laugh at every scene, particularly with Moira, uh, oh my god, Captain O'Hara's character. Oh my well, god! Just thinking about Captain O'Hara and Eugene Levy have been. I mean, they must be in their. 50s i would say and since they were teenagers they've been studying comedy and and they're canadian and stuff um and they've been studying comedy they've been in show business their whole life and in in a very specific brand of comedy as well that has made some of the funniest movies i've ever seen and just yeah Mm -hmm. all of the um i don't know what his name is off the top of my head but great great comedy movies. Yeah. And they're so, they're, and it's, all, it's so much improv. Yeah. And they're all just kind of bouncing off one another and that's one of the coolest things about it is you can sit here and watch it and you can say, oh, this is, this is all in a script, but it's not mm-hmm. all in a script. It's all, it's a situation that's set up in the script for them and they just kind of go and they do their thing. Yeah. And you add in, you know, Dan Levy, who's amazing. Um, there's another Levy in the cast as well. She plays um, the waitress at the cafe in the town. There is so many good things about this show that yeah. it's, it, you have, everyone has to watch it. You have to watch it. You have no choice. De- yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I think I've seen two seasons and I'm definitely ready to go back and finish it because just everybody loves this show, talks about it constantly. And I think it's been, I, I don't even know, they're on like a brand new network too. They're not, they're on like pop TV or something like that. And now they've come to Netflix, which is a great home for them. Um, but even on like such an obscure network, people have been talking about this since it aired. And it's, go ahead. They're airing their final season right now. Yeah. They... Um, are going to follow it up with, I just found this out a couple of days ago, with a movie. 
Yes. So it's great to kind of see that they're recognizing that, and we're going into a season that deals heavily with what happened in, la- in the last season. I'm not going to say anything about it because we're trying to want people to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, a very LGBTQ inclusive show. It's one of the most LGBT inclusive shows on TV or whatever the random network is mm-hmm. now. So it's just great to know that they're going to do their best to close this story out. And, and you get to look forward to a movie. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So list so, them off definitely. one more time real fast. So number five, The 100. Recommend it. If you like sci-fi, go for it. Number four, Crazy Frankie. Fantastic comedy. Great cast. Number three, The Haunting of Hill House. Also awesome cast. Scary. Jumps. Freak out a little bit. Number two, Arrowverse, The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Batwoman, Black Lightning, all of them. You've got a ton of content to mm-hmm. go ahead and binge over these next amount of weeks that we're all going to be stuck inside. And number one, Shit Creek. Yes. Shit. Awesome, awesome list. And you guys can find all of those on Netflix right now. They're not going anywhere. Um, cool. So thank you for, thank you, Evan. That's awesome for Netflix. Cause I've been using Netflix as a video library for old shows <laughs> that I watch. So I'm excited to go in and finally get my hands on some new shows. It will be awesome. Okay. So let's take a tiny little break and then we will be back and I will give you mine for Hulu and we'll be right back. Welcome back. All right. So I am going to give you my five top shows for the Hulu streaming network. Um, And, you know, these are all kind of, they're random. I I chose some comedies, some dramas, some romantic stuff, um, a a classic in there that you and I both love very much. And yeah, I will start with number five. We'll go five to one. And I don't even need notes. I got notes for the rest, but I don't even need notes for this one. Number five is... The Real Housewives, all of the franchise, oh, almost all of the franchises of The Real Housewives are on Hulu. Orange County, Beverly Hills, New York, Potomac, Atlanta, New Jersey, and Vanderpump Rules is on there as well. So you know this about me as much as I am a snob about TV and the things that I watch. Um, I always have time for Housewives. Uh, I think because I'm the type of person that the only drama I really have in my life is like restaurant drama or just like stuff that happens at work. So when I get home and I'm just trying to decompress or de-stress or just chill on my days off, um, I love the housewives. It is so much fun to watch other people fight and they're not fighting with you (laughs) and to watch like friendships you know, quote, air quotes, I'm air quoting, friendships either evolve or fall out between these women. Um, I pretty much watch all of the franchises. Um, I obviously like some more than others. Uh, My two recommendations, if you are just getting into Housewives or you've only seen one and you're looking for a different um, 
one, I would say uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or The Real Housewives of New Jersey. New Jersey's great because it's one of the first ones. So I think there's, there's got to be at least 10 seasons. And in seasons one through, I want to say five, um, it's all about real families. So it's not just like, we're the Real Housewives and we're all friends. It's like, we are sister-in-laws. We are sisters, brothers, married to, you know, there's like in-laws, there's cousins, and they're Italian. Of course, most of them are Italian because it's New Jersey. Um, so you're so you're not like just getting the drama from these like women with big personalities. You're getting like real family drama. And then there's also New Jersey is one that has a lot of heart. Um, and I don't know. I mean, this was kind of in the news, but... One of the main cast members, Teresa Giudice, her, she has four daughters with her husband, Joe, and Joe was accused of tax fraud. He went to jail for three years, and this is all while they're filming. He went to jail for three years, and she went to jail for one year. And I think in this last season they did a couple months ago, Joe was deported to Italy, and him and Teresa uh, divorced or are planning to divorce. But I will tell you, I have cried so hard watching New Jersey because their four daughters who are, I think ages two, four, seven, and 13 or something like that. They lost their mom for a year and then they lost their dad for three years. And now their dad is permanently out of the country and watching these young girls go through this and then like grow up to be like, sweet, smart, independent. They take care of their family. They take care of their mom and stuff like there is a lot of heart in the show. And then there's also a lot of people like pulling their weaves out. Uh, they flip tables. There's a lot of like classic, like Beverly Hills when it's like, I'm throwing a party or I'm throwing a fashion show and everybody has to sit down and everybody's invited and they're all in the same room. Classic, classic Bravo housewives. And then Beverly Hills, you and I both love Beverly Hills so much. Um, I think last season kind of sucked um, because it was like Lisa Vanderpump deciding that she didn't want to be in the show anymore. So she just decided to stop filming, which made it really um, pretty awkward. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's one of the best ones because what it was about was a look at the people who live these rich, luxurious lives and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like they got the most money. They're really very successful. They're doing it. Um, and they, and I think those are, yeah, those are the two that have like kind of an equal amount of like heart and drama. So fucking Real Housewives and Vanderpump Rules. You can't go wrong. Once you start watching it, you will love it. And trust me that every single woman I know, their spouse, their boyfriend, their fiance, their husband, watch it too. And yeah. I'll go into the other room and then, yeah. yeah, Zach watches it. It's so good. Oh yeah. It's great. Moments that you're just like, 
I just want something to watch mm-hmm. and not think about, and then those other moments that you want something to watch and think about. Yeah. I think that kind of like heads into your number four with something that you'd like to watch and actually think about. Yes. So number four is actually a Hulu original. They do have some original shows. Not all of them are good, but, I mean, you be the judge. Um, but their newest one that just uh, was released, I believe, in January, so it's 2020, and it's only got one season, is High Fidelity. And it stars Zoe Kravitz, Jake Lacey, Divine Joy Randolph, and David H. Holmes. It's created by Veronica West and Sarah Kucherka. Kucherka. That's a, that's a fun name. Um, and it is, yeah, there's a lot of names that are kind of hard to say when you go through IMDb, you're just like shit. Um, but high fidelity is based off of the movie starring John Cusack, um, that I believe came out in 99 and Zoe Kravitz plays the female version of John Cusack and set in modern day Brooklyn. She's a young woman who owns a record store with her two best friends finds herself heartbroken after another failed relationship, and she makes herself go through her top five heartbreaks in order to find out what makes her wrong for them or why she feels she's undateable. But as she starts to go back, she just kind of starts to realize a lot about herself and her own choices and her tendencies and realizes that she's not, you know, not that she's the problem, but she has to work on herself before she can be in a really good relationship with somebody. And Zoe Kravitz, we love her. It's great. It's like you're hanging out with her. It's like she's just shooting the shit with you because High Fidelity is, instead of being like voiceover narrated, it's turn straight to the camera and talk to the camera and talk to the audience. So it's nice, especially for people who might be alone or not wanting to hang out with their roommates and they're in quarantine by themselves. Anytime they turn to the camera and look at you and talk to you, that feels nice. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's all very relevant. The music is amazing because, again, she owns a record store. Her friends are great. It's all the best parts of Brooklyn, all the best parts of, you know, like I, I would never, you could never pay me to live in New York, but I do like shows that are set in New York. Um, that just kind of have that neighborhoody. Like if I live there, that's probably where I would live. That's where I would go to shop. That's where I'd go to get my coffee. So it's just a nice little fun world that she lives in and she can, will make you laugh. She'll make you cry. And it's just a great story about self-discovery and going and about dating and friendship and music. So it's awesome. 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 Okay. So number three is one of my favorite shows which when I tell people I like this show, they don't understand why I like it. Um, One of the reasons is because it can be a boy's show. It can be really gross and it's about football, but it's also hilariously written. It's got a lot of heart and it's called the league and the league has seven seasons. It aired from 2009 to 2015. It has a really awesome ensemble cast. Um, it's Mark Duplass, Nick Kroll, Paul Shear, Stephen Ranazisi, Jonathan LeJoy, Kate Asselton, and it was created and directed by Jeff and Jackie Sheffer. So it's basically about a group of friends that you'd think that they hate each other, but they're lifelong friends, and they actually just show their love for each other by giving each other a hard time. Again, it's about a fantasy football league, but if you 
don't know how football works and you don't watch football like me, it's okay because all the jokes aren't football jokes. And it's basically, yeah, so it's about a fantasy football league. There's shenanigans uh, throughout the football season. They're all BFFs, and then there's a husband and wife. Um, and there's a lot of improv, brutal friend jokes, just like crushing one-liners, you know? <laughs> like, it's just, oh, they're just like, they're like dunking on each other in terms of insults. It's really good. It's inappropriate. It's fun. It's laugh-out hilarious. And it's created some of, and it's, yeah, come. I got into this show and it got me into some of my favorite actors, um, comedic actors, at least, like Nick Kroll and Jason Manzoukas. Um, And Nick Kroll went on to create Big Mouth. He also, I mean, he has a really extensive career, but he went to create Big Mouth. Paul Shear, Jason Manzoukas went on to create a really hilarious uh, podcast called How Did This Get Made? That's, I mean, it's in the top 10 every week. It's really popular. And again, don't need to know about football. You just have to know about friendship and <laughs> loving to give your friends a hard time. Um, some of, like I said, some of the jokes are kind of crude. It's not really a feminist show, but there is a lot of heart behind the harsh humor. So definitely if you just want to laugh, cringe, just shout at the TV, it's great for all of those. And if you watch football, Get back to me and tell me if I'm missing jokes because from what I've heard, not so far. But yeah, so that's the league. An old favorite. I love it. So number two, one of our favorite shows, Evan, The X-Files. Yeah. All right. The X-Files has 11 seasons. Um, and It actually has nine. Do not watch the last two. They suck. They came out back in like... 2015 or 2016 it really didn't need to come back but going back to 1993 through 2000 something early 2000s the x-files created by chris carter it's also features a huge yeah yeah created by chris carter um it has a huge writing staff most notably from their writing staff is vince gilligan who went on to create breaking bad and better call saul Starring David Duchovny and Juliet and Gillian Anderson, two FBI detectives who solve cases that are unexplainable, unexplainable or controversial. There's what there's Monster of the Week episodes. They have their own narrative plot line as their two characters, uh, true crime investigatory episodes as well. And it's scary. It still scares me. It's, it's amazing. It's it is so one of the best shows ever yeah for sure oh it definitely is and i mean i just and what i did because okay again this is when tv would pump out like 24 episodes a season so when we say nine seasons like that's a lot um so one of the things that i did when i first started rewatching this um a few years ago was i would just go on imdb and I would make, find lists like the scariest episodes of the X-Files, all the episodes written or directed by Vince Gilligan, um, all the monster of the weeks. So you can kind of like parcel it out like that so that you don't have to, you know, spend 23 hours in one season because um, it can not get redundant or whatever. But I don't think we're really used to TV being made like that anymore. So. Yeah. And my personal uh, favorite two seasons are one, two, and four. 
So that's that would be my recommendation. I do, and fuck, and I forget what it's called um, because I want to because it's about bugs, but then it brings me back to that episode episode humbug, and it's not about that. Um, it's in the s- second season, and basically they are in a cabin in the woods. Um, and there's like these airborne, they look like, they look like little fireflies and they can get in through like cracks in the walls or like an open window or through vents. So they have to protect themselves from just like something that's so tiny and is just in the air. And it like, once it gets you, it like puts you in like a spider web kind of thing. And it just, I really like that episode because it's kind of like claustrophobic stuck in the woods afraid to go outside. There's no help. Nobody's coming for you. You have to find your way off the mountain kind of stuff. And then of course the episode that we've spoken about before, um, what is it called? Uh, home, home. What is it called? Home. Yeah. And it's got the, it's got the Hills have eyes people in it. That one is very dark and very terrifying. That's a darker one. <laughs> so be prepared for that one. That is uh, season four. And I actually believe the episode that you were referencing with the, the bugs, I think that's also season four. Mm. I don't, I'm kind of looking it up as we speak because I wasn't prepped for this part of what we're talking about, yeah. but home, one of the hands down best episodes of the series, and the only episode of the series to only have aired once yeah. on network television. Yeah, they will not air it again. It's only but yeah. It's, it was only have, went to DVD, and then yeah, as it was yeah. as X Files became um, syndicated, they. Yeah, it wouldn't be aired again, and um, and then once they took it to DVD, they took out some of the sounds that used to be in the original, which is the sound of a baby crying um, as they're burying it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and it's also yeah, it's also a very yeah, it's also it can sometimes be funny, it can be clever. Um, there's romantic tension. There's just, you just can't go wrong. And it's one of those shows too, where you kind of go back, like I go back in the nineties and stuff. Like I'm watching like that 70s show right now. And like Malcolm in the middle. And it's like anything like, that's why I don't rewatch uh, friends. Cause anything with a laugh track always kind of throws me off, but this is a nineties, like classic show that it feels like it could have been made yesterday. It's really, really it's, good. It's totally like, this is what the babysitter made me watch. And <laughs> I had bad dreams while I was a, a small child. I and used to like try to listen to it, know, yeah. My sister and my dad would it, watch it, it and I would great. get really scared. Because <laughs> you, you can go from like silly to terrifying to these weird, like you said, the monsters of the week. There's mm-hmm. some great stuff in there. Yeah. And with X-Files, you've got just one episode, which I just saw, and it's um, an episode where the science teacher is actually the devil, and mm. she controls the, the python in her classroom. Yeah. So she essentially sends out the python 
No. I remember laying laying on the living room floor with my blankets and my pillows, and she was like, okay, we're going to watch this now. If you need to close your eyes, go ahead and close your eyes. Shittiest babysitter ever. I know. Thank you for giving me a lifetime of fucking nightmares. Seriously. Her name is Priscilla. If anyone knows her, hit her up. I hope your parents fired her. (laughs) Awesome. It took a while, but it happened. Yeah, but it's it it will scar. Yeah, don't let your kids watch it because it will scar them like it scarred us. All right, so yeah. number one is definitely one of my, I'd say, favorite top. It's in my top ten, and especially favorite shows from the last few years is Atlanta, and it premiered in two thousand sixteen. It has two seasons. It is. Most of it is written, directed, and starring Donald Glover. It also has Zazie Beetz, Brian Tyree Henry, and Lakeith Stanfield. And Donald Glover plays Earn, um, a guy in his 20s who has dropped out of a good college, uh, currently has an ex-girlfriend and a baby, doesn't have any money or place to live, and he's back in Atlanta. So he turns to his cousin Alfred, who has come up in the rap scene as Paperboy, and Earn wants to manage him. And it's kind of their trials and tribulations going through (laughs) trying to make it um, because he's very, um, his cousin is very talented and he needs a manager. So there's a lot about um, the rap scene in Atlanta. And it's also, it's, it's a very funny show. Um, It has a lot of, it's funny. It kind of blurs the lines between, the reality that black men and women have to face in modern day Atlanta, which is often very harsh and visceral versus there are certain plot lines that they have that are just surreal and moments that you'll watch the show and be like, did that wait a second, did that happen? Um, For instance, my favorite episode of this show is in season two. It's called Teddy Perkins. And it is um, basically like, Michael Jackson's story. Um, So it's kind of like a ghoulish man who bleaches his skin white. And he was once a child star and now lives a kind of secluded, scary life. And Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Darius, who's my favorite character. It's that was a bottle episode for his character. And I thought I was watching a horror movie. Like it's basically like they made their own get out. So again, it's, very real, very everyday, but also it just is so self-defined and it just is its own thing. Um, The acting is amazing. I mean, Donald Glover can do no wrong and the rest of the cast is, I mean, they're coming up, you know, what their careers are just blowing up right now because they're, everybody's just super, super talented. And I, I just really don't think that there's been a show like this in a really long time that's been written this way, um, that's for this age group, that's for black Americans, for everybody. Um, and it's just, it's, you can, when you watch it, you really just, you see the art in it. You see the, the writing in it. It's, it's just, I, it's again, just, I think one of the best shows that's come out in a really long time. And, um, yeah, two seasons, every, I think kind of everybody gets their own episodes. So some are bottle episodes, Some are episodes between Earn and his girlfriend. Um, Some of them are everybody's hanging out. So every episode is completely different. And yeah, it's, I just haven't seen writing, acting, 
a plot like this in a really, really long time. And since FX has merged with, um, with Hulu, now it's available. And unfortunately, the third season is not going to be coming out until 2021, but that should not stop you from watching these two seasons. You'll probably go back and watch them a bunch. And um, yeah, that's my number one pick is Atlanta. Yeah. All right. So just to wrap it up for Hulu, sign into Hulu, watch The Real Housewives, High Fidelity, The League, X-Files, and Atlanta. And we hope that we gave you guys some suggestions in case you've been watching too much Tiger King and we don't want you watching oh, crap. So. No. No. <laughs> oh, we have enough memes of Tiger King. You don't need to watch it. It's fine. The memes say it all. Yeah. I watched it and I was fascinated, but also kind of disgusted with myself by the end of it. And I don't understand why it's blowing up in the way it's blowing up. And I really think it's just because of quarantine. <laughs> so. It, it, it literally is. It literally is. Do you, uh, do you have any like honorable, honorable mentions that almost made it onto your list? Did you well, throw them out there? Um, I mean, I we've already talked about FX, anything on FX, I would say watch on Hulu. For Netflix, um, I will say that like how I use it as a video library, um, oh, Lost is on Hulu, by the way, but um, Netflix has some of my, yeah, Netflix has some of my favorite shows. It has Mad Men and Breaking Bad. So if for some reason you've never seen those shows, please go watch. No one's ever watched Lost before. This is kind of one of the shows that bonded Chelsea and I together. It's our friendship show. The, the entire existence of our lives, we would literally sit in her living room drinking whiskey every week and watch our episodes of Lost. And if we couldn't watch it together, we'd talk on the phone for an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Chelsea wasn't cooking an amazing dinner, or we weren't drinking some sort of somewhat good whiskey. Mm-hmm. Can't call it great because it came from a liquor store on the corner of some fucking street in West Hollywood. Yeah. Um, great, great, great show. It, you'll get a little bit, no pun intended, lost towards the end of the series, mm-hmm. but the first three seasons in particular... Some of the best of television, some, for sure. Yeah. Yep, we've got, I mean, some great, that's just, we're talking great J.J. Abrams, we're talking great David Lindelof, Carlton Cuse, oh, these writers, amazing. these creators did something very, very awesome, and I refused to watch it at the beginning, because my parents were into it, and I was like, what, is it Survivor? Just... What? Yeah, it did kind of come out when Survivor came out, yeah. And it was right on the time. So it was like a whole you know, thing. So until after the, the airing of season one, didn't want to check in. And then bought season one on DVD, watched the whole thing in two days, mm-hmm. and boom, hooked, done. Yeah. It's and very easy to binge. I think it's like, it's one of the first like true binge, binge shows. Because everybody was it just really literally like going through it, trading the DVDs, and... Then it came on, I think it went on to Netflix first and then went to Hulu. Yeah. Do you have. You've got another good one in terms of binging. Yeah. Because X Files kind of falls into that Mm -hmm. one too. Yeah. 25 per season or 24 per season. Yeah. 
it's a lot to go through. Um, do you have, before we're running out of time, but do you have any um, that you didn't mention that you just wanted to shout out real fast to throw out there? Some good ones. There's some reasons why. Watch it. Skins, Sentai, Two Seasons, um, Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Yes. West Wing, Riverdale. If anyone wants to see an incredibly good looking redhead with fucking amazing pattern. Watch Riverdale um, and Bates Motel. Oh, Bates Motel is. Oh, I love Bates Motel. That's a good one. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we will have nothing else to do besides watch shows and give you guys ideas. So we will be back to give you some more ideas and talk about some more shows. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks, guys. And stay safe and stay healthy out there. We love you. Bye.